Hello, Hello and welcome, welcome to Art After, After Dark. Dark. I am Maddie. And I'm Natalie. And we are jumping into episode, what was it? 25. 25. Nice. Yes. Coming back from a little break that we had yeah. after our last episode. Little unintentional break. Yeah. Uh, but life gets busy. It's been a while. Yeah, we have to like catch up. Yes, it's been a while. I just want to say also the last episode, there were some audio errors happening. <laughs> And yeah. so I apologize for that, because that is my fault, since I do the editing. <laughs> um, yeah, I did not listen to it carefully enough, and there were Are there beeps. Out of place beeps, And then know? not censored swear words. <laughs> <laughs> we don't swear too often, intentionally. Honestly, between me and you guys, viewers, <laughs> I swear a lot in my personal <laughs> life. But I try to keep it clean on here just because I swear a lot, but I you I'm a type of person like I will not swear in front of certain people. Like I'll never swear in front of my grandparents, I'll never swear in front of my parents. Mm-hmm. But like when I'm talking to my friends, I cuss a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but we try to keep it clean, but sometimes, you know, it's sometimes just like some, sometimes it just has to Something slip out. needs to be said sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes there's like no other word that can do justice in that moment. <laughs> honestly. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, so how's life been since our little, what, four-week break? Yeah, yeah, since we've been doing the pod every two weeks, and then we skipped the last episode, so yeah, it has been four weeks, that's crazy. But life's been pretty good, I've just been kind of doing a bunch of schoolwork, I keep getting, like, these projects, which is fine, but it's, like, it's just a lot, you know, Um, and I've got my internship coming up, I start next week. That's so exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. And then I got my first COVID vaccine shot today, so my arm's really sore. Yeah. And that was kind of like, I'm like scared of needles, so like, it was just a big thing. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm the type of person I cannot look when they're putting the injection in. I just... And I used to not be bad about it. I used to look while they gave me the shot. I don't know what the deal is. Me too. (laughs) We were just talking about this. We've gotten, like, a lot more squeamish as we've gotten older. Yeah. For real. A lot more squeamish. Like, which reminds me. So, speaking of squeamish, back when me and Natalie were in middle school, we would watch, like, Saw, and we would, like, do it with a straight face. The gore wouldn't get to us. Mm -hmm. And now I can't. Yeah, we'd be like, which is your favorite trap? (laughs) Oh, but which is your favorite trap, though? Oh, God. My favorite Saw trap, the one that stuck with me really bad is probably the one where the girl's hair is in a ponytail, and it gets, like, slowly pulled back and back until, like, her scalp, like, rips I off hate basically it. I hate that. yeah i think that one gets to me because i have long hair and i i know the feeling of your hair being pulled and i just can't imagine oh yeah that one or the one where the girl has to put her hand in acid to get the key yeah yeah i don't like anything with acid that's nope. so gross no i the one that i specifically remember is that is where they put the key like behind her eye oh yeah so then it's like you have to like dig behind your eye to do it or like the trap will go off and it will like explode her head basically i would just um try to stay calm and just you know say a little prayer to the universe (laughs) i don't know like there's no way i would just be like all right i guess i'm dying (laughs) yeah oh but speaking of 
they're making a new Saw movie. It's not called Saw, but it's like it's pretty much Saw, but it's a new one. Mm. And is it Chris the same? Rock is in it. Shut up. Oh my <laughs> yeah. god, we gotta go see it. Yeah, I actually want to see it in theaters. Maybe if they're open, I haven't been to theaters yeah. in since pre-pandemic, which is I can't even remember weird. the last movie I saw in theaters. Yeah, honestly, me neither. And I really miss the theaters now that I think of it. It hasn't really hit me until just now. Like, I really want to see a movie. Yeah, I think movie theaters are open, but I don't know yeah. how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Who yeah. Knows? It's a whole big thing. But yeah. Well, how's your month been, I guess? I know, How right? was your Easter? <laughs> I, I even had, like, an Easter, like theme planned for last episode oh and then, yeah <laughs> and then i had to make up a new topic today yeah so easter it's been a little bit since easter mm-hmm. no my easter was good it was good i just had my 10 year anniversary yeah. with jack which was so sweet 10 years that's like a milestone honestly that it is <laughs> and Literally. it was awesome and it also was sentimental too because you know this is our last time celebrating our anniversary it was on 415 um on that day in high school when we were freshmen is when he asked me out so now that we're getting married in october it's kind of like our last time celebrating this anniversary yeah. last day it's kind of weird though i wonder like if you'll still celebrate kind of because yeah i don't know we were talking about that too yeah because last year i'm trying to remember if we celebrated our regular anniversary last year or not i don't think we did and then this year it was the 14th so yeah um we didn't i just made a big breakfast and oh cute but it wasn't really necessarily for that it was just like that's it that's it you know right but yeah it's kind of weird we cooked at home too we didn't go out or do anything super crazy oh so (laughs) this is what i wanted to talk about with this one thing me and jack did was so i saw this actually on tiktok i believe where people it's like a trend to get drunk with your friends and then you guys each like make a powerpoint about whatever you want like a funny topic and then you take turns presenting it and it sounds kind of lame but it's i love making powerpoints so (laughs) i love that idea so about a month before me and jack's anniversary we were like let's each make a powerpoint selling like where we want to go for our honeymoon we'll like make a fake itinerary you know We'll do our research and blah, blah, blah. And so I he knew where I wanted to go. I want to go to Orlando, Florida, and I want to go into, <laughs> like, Universal Studios. Oh, no, that's awesome. And yeah, that we actually thought about doing that, too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. We I love rides. Me and Jack, are, like, are very much, like, kids at heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was, like, he knew about my presentation, you know, and so I wasn't really hiding it. But I had no idea where he wanted to go. And I, like, thought he said multiple times, like, I don't really want to go to Orlando for our honeymoon. It's not, like, very romantic. And so I thought, like, oh, I'm really going to have to sell it. (laughs) So I poured so much hours of research into it. And, like, I was up, you know, we had, like, a bottle of wine. And I was, like, had my best salesperson voice on. And I was just, like, the weather's always perfect. Like, we could wear, like, cute matching you know, Minnie and Mickey ears, like, you know, how they have the bride and groom ones. Yeah. I was selling it so hard. And then it came time for his presentation. And his first slide, there's just a bunch of pictures of different major cities like San Francisco (laughs) and uh, Chicago and New York and stuff. And he's like, 
Because he actually got super into the presentation part of it, too. Like, he spent hours on his one night, which was very surprising for me. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but I was like, I think you picked San Francisco, because I know he really wants to see Alcatraz, even though that's, like, not romantic at all for a honeymoon. <laughs> And so he picked Orlando, Florida. Uh. <laughs> and it, the funniest thing is, like, so he made fake itineraries. We pretty much planned the same trip. That is so <laughs> adorable. So that's where you're officially going? Yeah, now. that's where we're going. We're, so we already bought, like, our theme park tickets, the airline tickets, and we rented out an Airbnb. And it's nice because it's, like, a private Airbnb with a private pool. And, like, it's Ooh. a house. Like, yeah. You get so, house, yeah. Yeah, Perfect. so it's just going to be fun. That's so, so awesome. Yeah. That was what we did. It's been a good couple weeks. Oh it's my been gosh. fun planning that. We should that. talk about his little April Fool's prank. Oh, my God. Okay, so... And we have to talk about your... What? Oh, my book? No. What? Your bookshelf? Oh, my bookshelf? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's been a bookshelf like around our apartment complex for months. We talked about it on last yeah, episode. Yeah, <laughs> did we really on yeah. the last episode? And we were oh like, I was like, wow, you should go check on them and make sure they're okay. So it's like an update, basically, <laughs> if you listen to the last episode. It's been there for months, so me and Jack investigated it, and it turns out the people are okay. <laughs> they didn't like, you know... They're fine. <laughs> They're not rotting in their apartment. <laughs> right, to put it delicately. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, but it was just defective, and they sent it back, and it they got their new one, and they never picked up the old one. And long story short, they gave it to us. So I have a kick-ass <laughs> new bookshelf. Nice. I love it. I love that story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were a little concerned for a second. It was just weird. I was sitting there for a really long time. Oh, man. It was so funny, it though, because <laughs> I, like, came over here, and or we went somewhere, and then we came back, and then I was like, oh, my gosh, it's gone. <laughs> I know. Yeah, the first thing when we walked in, like, the complex door, she's like, Maddie, the box isn't there. And I just turned around, and I smiled, and I was like, just wait. And it's like, what is happening right now? I don't know and then we turn the corner once we get my front door, and it's just right there, all set up. <laughs> oh, and that's the same night. Yeah. Jack. That was on April Fool's Day. Mm-hmm. And so Jack has had not lately because i know he might listen to this and he'll be mad if i don't give him credit the past few years he's had a really good driving record which he's worked on maintaining um before that he didn't have the best driving (laughs) habits and he got a lot of tickets and he also totaled one of my cars once before Mm -hmm. so he was driving my car on april fools and me and natalie are back at my apartment and he calls me, and he tells me he got in a fender bender with somebody or something. And he's freaking me out, and he tells me he's talking to the tow truck driver. And so I'm thinking he got in, like, a car accident, and, like, I feel like all the blood, like, drained from my face. And I was, like, basically, like, Natalie, you have to go. Like, <laughs> like it's happening again. Like, my car is, like, totaled again. <laughs> Yeah, and you then were so upset. Oh my I was very upset. I like <laughs> Not am very funny, gullible too. Like... <laughs> yeah, I was pretty pissed, honestly. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm all for a good April Fool's joke, but he knew I would believe that. <laughs> but he came before. upstairs like two minutes later. Yeah, he didn't leave me hanging that long because I was like basically like, 
oh my god like and then i was like natalie you can't you have to go like something really bad happened and then like i was about to see natalie out the door and then he came in and i was just like what the hell like (laughs) i'm a very gullible person so people have a lot of fun pulling pranks on me (laughs) (laughs) well i stole it and i did the same thing to joe on my way home yeah i waited till i got in the parking lot of our apartment building (laughs) and then i called him and told him that i got in an accident Oh my god. And then I was like, I have to go to the tow truck driver's here. Exactly what Jack said. And he totally bought it. And then really? then I just went right upstairs. So what was his reaction? Was he mad? No. Or he he was, was just like, oh. He, <laughs> he was giggling a lot. Oh, really? <laughs> he thought it was funny. I was mad, but not like seriously mad. I was just like, oh my god, you're so mean. Like that, <laughs> kind of mad. <laughs> oh, but yeah. But yeah, so do we t- cover our artist death of the day even? No, we're just chit-chatting. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember if we talked about it because we actually found out it's actually somebody we know for the first time. Yeah. For so, the first time since doing these artist death of the days. I know. It's sad. It's actually sad when you stumble across, you know, one yeah. that's relevant. I will, because I, I go to on this day. Mm-hmm. and then i just scroll the deaths and see what i can find yeah it's <laughs> just normal things you know to do and then avici popped up and i was like wait what like i didn't know he died avici he like he was like a dj, DJ from like a couple years ago yeah yeah he died in 2018 so this is recent so recent his so death weird. was really tragic it was suicide so that's always horrible right and yeah. yeah, it was it was really tragic, and I actually really like Avicii's music. I don't know too much of it, but yeah, I don't know that much of it either. But he had some he had some uh, hits, some hits, yeah. yeah for and sure. I guess that what happened was they said it was a suicide from self inflicted injuries with a broken wine bottle, which is crazy. That's super weird. Yeah, and I was telling Natalie before we hopped on here, and I don't want to entertain this too much because. I haven't put any research into this, but some conspiracy theorists on the internet have said, like, that it's really weird circumstances with his death, um, because he was going to, like, uncover a bunch of shady stuff about, like, Hollywood, like, predator rings, things like that, like, crazy stuff, but, again, that's stuff i don't know too much about but that is so weird though what if it's yeah well he was before his death about to release a documentary about a bunch of bad stuff that happens well did they release it no i don't think they did i don't know i i could be just like kind of talking out of my but (laughs) try not to swear in this episode (laughs) so we don't bleep things out (laughs) no that's okay i just i threw an f-bomb in there last episode so that's why i was like oh the the censoring train yeah (laughs) Uh, but yes rest in peace rest in peace to to Avicii. and also it's the anniversary of columbine the columbine shooting yeah so rest in peace to all the victims of that too yeah rest in peace man very dark very sad death of the days yeah today and the story today is supposed to be pretty dark, right? It, it, I mean, I did not say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> well, it's a dark topic, so. <laughs> well, okay. It sounded like you didn't know the story, which is great because it is a good one. 
I mean, I like this story. I heard it a while back, and it's one that I think about a lot, and, like, one that I even, like, remember her name, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that type of thing. So, um, yeah, so this is a story of a woman named Sarah Brady, and she was 26 years old when this happened, and it was in February of 2005, and she was nine months pregnant at the time. So, pretty much... about to give birth she was about to give birth yeah so she was engaged um and she was actually five days overdue oh okay um so she was pretty much expecting her baby at any time and one day she got a call from a woman named sarah brody and she said that she was also nine months pregnant and that there was like a mix-up with their wedding or baby registries Mm mm-hmm and that she had accidentally got one of her gifts sent to her. Oh, because they're, it's Sarah Brady and Sarah Brody. Okay. Right. Yep. So, um, Sarah, our Sarah. Okay, we'll just say our Sarah or like Sarah one. and then I like our Sarah. Yeah. The, the big So, Sarah, I'm guessing. Well. We'll get there. Okay. <laughs> we'll get there. So, our Sarah drove to the other Sarah's apartment like on her way to work and she picked up this gift. Which, by the way... If I was nine months pregnant and, like, five days overdue, I would not be, like, going to work. That's the thing. Women trust other women. And I hear crazy stories about how, like, for example, like, sex traffickers will have women accomplice. Because they can get other women to trust them. So don't trust anybody you don't know, Especially if you're about to pop. Yeah. Oh, my God. That sounds so... (laughs) The way you said that. (laughs) Especially if you're about to pop. (laughs) (laughs) yeah but for real like i'm very chicken when it comes to meeting anybody to sell anything i never would meet at someone's house oh i don't know at at a minimum but whatever she went she went to sarah's apartment on her way to work she picked up the gift and the package had some like baby bottles and plush toy and like some other stuff that was on her registry Mm -hmm. so it seemed legit um but the box didn't say who it was from though and then the other Sarah said that her husband had accidentally threw away the packing slip. Oh, okay. Weird. Mm-hmm. So, like, she didn't know who it was from. So, they talked for a bit, and they were both really excited to be new moms, and they had, like, a pretty normal conversation. And it seemed like they were both really close to having their babies, and that um, they had some things in common, and then it was overall pleasant. Okay. New friend. Yeah. So, a little bit after she got home, um, our Sarah got another call from sarah brody um because she got another package meant for her and so they ended up talking on the phone for like an hour and she said she'd go pick up the package at 9 a.m the next morning and she even told her fiance like oh i think i made a new friend oh mm-hmm. that's sweet very sweet oh <laughs> <laughs> so apparently like sarah or the bad sarah um she said that her family like lived in st louis and that her husband traveled off for work so she seemed like a really lonely pregnant lady uh-huh. so that you know it was kind of nice that's what, probably why they talked for like an hour on the phone and they were getting along and stuff yeah makes sense so anyway the next morning our sarah was about to leave to go get the package and her um fiance's brother was over and he said hey i don't know i've got a bad feeling about this and she was like, no, 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 it's fine. Like, I already met her. She's normal. Like, we talked on the phone. She's, like, totally fine. Mm-hmm. So she goes back over there. Did she get a drink? 
Oh boy. It's, I feel like it's about to get intense. <laughs> and always trust your gut instinct. I honestly feel like humans are given an instinct for a reason. Yeah. Totally. She she has a little bit of a weird vibe this time okay. when she goes over there because um, the other Sarah says again that her husband misplaced the packing slip for her the gift. It's like make the same mistake twice. Yeah, and it, it was again, it was something that was on, actually on her registry. So it was like, okay, this is probably legit, but it's still weird. Like they had just talked the night before. So she's like, why did like, okay, whatever. Super weird. Mm-hmm. My guard would definitely be up from that. Yeah. And so then Sarah too, bad Sarah. Okay. <laughs> um, she, she's like, why don't you come in and like help me look for it? I'm sure it's probably just around here somewhere. So she thought it was a little off, but she was like, all right, I'll, I'll just come in and help her look for it, whatever. So she came inside, and then the other Sarah kept saying, like, come on, follow me, like, let's look together. And she was, like, showing her the nursery, and she was showing her, like, around the apartment and stuff like that. And um, Sarah was kind of uncomfortable at this point, but she didn't want to be rude, so she followed her. And um, they, like, went into the other Sarah's bedroom it's so confusing there's two sarahs so it's like <laughs> ugh. but um, they're at the bad sarah's house so yeah the bad sarah's ro- bedroom. Her, her bedroom yeah and so that's when our sarah noticed an inhaler on the nightstand and this is a direct quote from her it says why i saw it why i looked at it i'll never know but it said katie smith and i knew at that point something was definitely wrong so not sarah brody mm-mm that's so creepy yeah so she said right away she's like i have to leave like i gotta go do some stuff whatever it's okay we don't need packing slip oh and then um bad sarah starts going into labor and she just starts like screaming and she pulled sarah into the bathroom and sarah said that bad sarah's face just changed suddenly and there was just evil like pouring out of her oh my god yeah and then all of a sudden she just stopped screaming and was like, okay, I think I'm feeling better now. Oh my God. Okay. So when you said she started going into labor, I just thought of Dwight Schrute when he was pretending to go into labor. He's like, oh, I'm screaming. I'm screaming. I'm, I'm screaming. screaming. I'm screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's what it was like. Oh my God. But anyway, Sarah's really weird. I was just like, okay, like if you're f- sure you're feeling better, like I'm going to go. And then the other Sarah or Katie she goes, oh, you've been so nice to me. Would it be all right if I gave you a hug? And she's thinking, absolutely not. But by this time, the other Sarah's already, like, reaching out to hug her. Okay. And, and she just starts squeezing her tighter and tighter and tighter. And then she reaches into her pocket and grabs a knife. Oh. Mm-hmm. And the real Sarah was able to knock the knife out of her hand. But then the fake Sarah started beating her over the head with an ashtray. Oh my god. Yeah, and then she was just lying there, like, flat on the ground with her belly down, like, her big pregnant nine-month oh. belly, and she was just thinking, like, I'm, I'm about to die here, and nobody's gonna know. Oh my gosh. And all of a sudden, she, like, regained some strength, like, at that thought, you know, and she pushed the bad Sarah off of her, and then she grabbed the ashtray and started beating her with it. Damn. Yeah, so eventually the bad Sarah stopped fighting back as much. So then our Sarah is thinking like, oh my God, she's pregnant. Like, what am I doing? You know, like I'm beating up a pregnant lady right now. For real. <sighs> Psychopath. Like, No, that's why? what our Sarah is thinking. 
Oh, because she's pregnant too. I see. Okay. Yeah. So she's like, okay, I just gotta get out of here. So she left. She left her there, and then she made a run for what she thought was the door of the apartment. But what she came to was a screen door that she couldn't get unlocked. So she starts screaming and like trying to open the door, and then the other Sarah came running up behind her, and she put her hand over her mouth and it was like, "No one's home." And she starts hitting her as hard as she can. And then she oh. grabbed her by the hair and, like, drags her back into the apartment unit. And then somehow Sarah gained control over the knife and stabbed her three times. Oh, our Sarah. Oh, God. Oh, not our Sarah. Our Sarah stabbed her. Oh! Yeah. Go our Sarah then. Yeah, yeah. So then she just ran out of the building as fast as she could and she got across the street and then the police, like, found her there. And at first, the police were like, what do you mean you just stabbed a pregnant woman? Like, what do you... Like, how are you the bad person? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, um, so they went and searched her apartment, and here's what they found. A series of fake bellies in her closet. Oh, She was never pregnant. She was faking it the entire time. Big yikes. Uh-huh. And literally anything and every item that a newborn could possibly need. They found several romance novels about pregnant women. Oh my god. Yeah, they also Ugh. found surgical gloves, cutting instruments, medical gauze, and a homemade umbilical cord clamp. So she was wanting to take her baby out of her bed. Yeah, when they put all the ed- evidence together, they realized that Katie Smith's plan was to kill Sarah and then perform a cesarean section oh on my her god. and take out her fetus and then raise it as her own because that would just go smoothly obviously you'd have to bring the baby to the hospital at some point like well yeah what do you think you're just gonna like successfully do a c-section when you've never done that before i mean obviously not in her right mind obviously she's not caring about the you know the mother's life if she were to perform a c-section but it's like yeah but you you need to you know somehow make it sure the kid's alive like what the fuck yeah. are you gonna do like yeah and apparently she had told like everyone in her family that she was pregnant and then she had even showed them like ultrasound pictures that's which psychopath it, behavior. it turns out that she stole them from people because she used to be a nanny oh in for people in the area and she stole all these things from them like all these like ultrasound pictures and stuff so she just was obsessed with wanting to be a mom it's yeah it's kind of sad it's really sad i think like maybe she couldn't have babies or something oh. but like yeah they even found like other women's information like in her house that yeah. were also on this like babies are us registry oh. that she was gonna like try to pretend that her name was but some of them were like too soon and they already had their baby and oh, then some yeah. of them were like way too late but this sarah brady just like happened to fit right in her timeline of when she was quote-unquote having her baby oh my god yeah and and like there was even like a weird conspiracy against sarah brady saying that like um they were that she was gonna like sell her the baby and then she changed her mind so she killed her or something like oh she killed her by the way so she killed the bad sarah yeah like okay I mean, well, it's a good thing they found that evidence, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it would have been like, okay, it's like your word against hers and one of them's dead. Like, what do you, what can you believe? Exactly. You know? But yeah, um, um, so they ultimately, like, realized, like, okay, yeah, it was, she wasn't going to, like, sell her her baby or anything. Yeah. And even her fiance was like, um, 
know, like we're getting married, right. it's our baby. Like we have a nursery. <laughs> yeah. You know, and stuff ready for this. Yeah. That's crazy. The fake belly thing gets to me. One, why is there a market for that? Who's buying these and why? Why are the, That's a really why is there such good thing that? That's a really good point. I don't know. Like, the only thing I can think of is, like, for actors or something. Right? That just seems so deceptive because you and know like, people are, uh, you know, using it for. Where does she get all reasons? this, like, surgical instruments and things, too? Yeah. So, like, weird. right? Like, and, like, she had more than market. one belly because she, like, had, like, from different trimesters or whatever. That's Isn't so that crazy? crazy? You know that there's probably just, like, some crazy girls out there that, like, want to convince you know their partner to stay so they're like i'm pregnant you know and then they're like oh like, how god that like work? now i have to support this lie i'll just buy these pregnant bellies like yeah i feel like i saw that on dr phil once actually yeah and then when it's come time to have the baby and you don't have one like you need to figure something that's exactly out. right like that's exactly what it was because she told everyone she yeah. was pregnant and she didn't even have a husband by the way she oh, lied really? about that too obviously that's surprising to me because some women you know not all women obviously but some women like i i just have heard stories of that where they fake a pregnancy to like keep a guy or something like that yeah but she just couldn't have children so she just it was sad it just drove her to do crazy I don't, things yeah i don't like it it's super weird and it's like god just so entitled to like yeah. someone else's baby that you just kill them and take it like out of their body like that's so weird yeah like at least just take a baby like that already was born right like can you like go through the adoption process like yeah i I know it's expensive and it's time consuming but you think going through that would would be better than what she had planned yeah like that's so horrible it's super weird and And like oh there's like one other thing to get away with yeah right because like what then what then what do you do? Yeah. You just have this baby, like, you don't have, like, a social security card for. It's It makes so much <laughs> little sense. So much little sense. Yeah. <laughs> that, that sense is so weird. It makes such little sense yeah. that she could probably plead insanity. Yeah. In court. If she weren't dead. Oh, yeah. That's that's a good point. You can't plead if you're dead. Nope. Oh, my gosh. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. And there was... nothing happened to good Sarah? No, there's one... Oh, well, okay. Good Sarah, she's fine. She didn't, like, go get in trouble or anything. Like, they were like, okay, obviously it was self-defense, whatever. Yeah. But there was one other thing she said she saw in her apartment. And she... That, like, made her get a weird feeling. I just want to know what you would think if you saw this in someone's apartment, but this woman had, like, a framed picture of a People magazine. Okay. And the face of the, like, actress or whatever on the cover of the magazine was scratched out. Okay. (laughs) That's, like, that's really weird. But you know what the first thing I thought of? So... I think me and you would do this too. Me and Jake, that's my older brother, we would play this game when oh, we were yeah, kids. Oh yeah, we definitely did this too. Oh yeah. It's where you, a lot I feel like a lot of kids do this. You take a pen to a magazine and you like make it so it looks like they're missing teeth or they have mustache yeah. or they look goofy. Like we would draw over my grandma's people magazines like all the time. But, I mean, that sounds sinister. Like she had the face scratched out. She like, scratched why? it out and then framed it and hung it on the wall. Oh, that makes it... I forgot about the part where she framed it, <laughs> yeah. too. 
Why? I don't know, but that's, that's so crazy. weird. I want I want to know more about that. I don't know who the celebrity was or anything, but like it's yeah. just so weird, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I don't know. That was a tough one. <laughs> that's but crazy. yeah, but our good Sarah survived, Thank and God. she was like on Oprah about it and everything. Yeah, there's like a video on YouTube if you want to watch it. Man, Oprah has all the good stories. I'm pretty sure Charla Nash from Travis that my Travis the Chimp story mm-hmm. a while ago. She was on Oprah. Oprah is awesome and underrated. Isn't I, Oprah, like, a bad person, though, or something? I, I don't know. I don't know what, too much about Oprah, but I just know... I used to watch a lot of, like, Oprah and Dr. Phil after school. I went through a little phase where that was my jam. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like because I, I wish Oprah was good. <laughs> because I, like... Had when I realized like Ellen was not a good person. Oh yeah, Ellen kind of sucks big time. Oh yeah, Ellen sucks big yeah, time. Yeah, I've seen so many video service of her where she sounds so condescending and just like an ass. Yeah, <laughs> a butthead. <laughs> yeah, no, you're fine. Um, yeah, and like there was like I think it was a Reddit thread or something of like people that had worked with Ellen or like worked by near her or whatever yeah. like heard stories and like just like a bunch of bad stuff like she was just so like mean and just like really weird and yeah i don't know i could totally see so it, then though. i was like i wonder if oprah's good and like i think that she was like fine with people she worked with but she's like bffs with harvey weinstein i don't know if you know who oh that is. god of course i know who yeah he is. he's such a pig like, yeah and she's that's like sketchy actually she's like friends with him that's really sketchy yeah which is too bad. Yeah, that's like being friends with Jepsy Epstein. Jeffrey, Jesse Epstein. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. yeah. I mean, basically, that's, yeah. I could totally see her being like a part of the elitist celebrity group and having some weird connections. Yeah, and it's weird. It's just sad that like the powerful women in our community that people look up to are actually just like shitty. Are crooked. Yeah. yeah for real. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Good stories though. Good. Yeah, she, <laughs> they have a good show. I did. Yeah, Doctor Phil kind of sucks. She was too. like, I don't know. Like even when I was watching, because I watched the interview today just to like get my story straight. Mm-hmm. And like, Oprah was like, Oh, okay, so you killed her, and then what? And she was just like, kind of just so like, you, you she's know. reliving this traumatic experience for your views, right? So like, can you just you profiting cool? off of her trauma? Yeah, like, <laughs> for real. Ugh. Anywho, Sarah, yeah. Well, I'm glad good our Sarah is good. Yeah, me the too. Real Sarah Brady. Yeah, and I honestly feel yes, the bad Sarah, like she kind of got what she had coming to her because it's like kill or be killed in an instance like that. But I do feel bad for her in that she was so tormented, and I, don't know, I, man. I wish she could have gotten some help or something. Like she definitely seems not all there. So, she is not anymore. She's yeah, dead. Yeah, well, now she's definitely not here <laughs> anymore. So I don't know. I think yeah. whatever. She, I don't know. Like it's just she just seemed so evil. Yeah, but yeah, That's I guess a very evil thing to do. But I got that part where the, like you could just see the switch. You know? Yeah, flip. that's like so scary. I would. I don't know what I would do. Like, and of course she's like she does feels like she can't leave. I don't know. Yeah, because women also feel this need to be polite all the time. It, that's exactly right. <laughs> and, like, 
Yeah, I don't know. I feel just... like we've talked about this before with other topics, like accepting rides, you know, from strangers or doing... It's like, oh, well, I don't want to seem rude. It's like, no, seem rude. Like, <laughs> who cares? You know, if you get a bad feeling, always trust it. I always trust my I know, guy. but I feel like in the... In the situation, I probably would have reacted the exact same way as her. Yeah. You know what I mean? I probably mm-hmm. would have been like, oh, I guess it's fine. Well, she won the fight, so. Yeah. Thank Damn. God. And her baby was born, and it was fine, and, like, everything's all good, so. What a crazy story. Yeah. Imagine if your mom told you that story, like, yeah, someone was trying to take you from my belly, and so I fought them to the death. Like <laughs> That is so cool. It's, it's intense, for sure. Oh, I cannot believe someone had to go through that. I don't know. It's so weird. And just, like, I'm just thinking of, like, all this, like, OBGYN, like, stuff they found at her oh, house. Oh, yeah. It's so weird. I don't know. It sounds like a Lifetime movie. <laughs> Ugh. It's crazy. Anywho. Any hoosers. What do you have for us today? Well, my computer died. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. We can take a little pause. I gotta get some more yes. water anyways. Yeah, we'll take a little break, sees. We'll be right back. Okay, we'll be right back. And now we're back. And we are back. And we're ready for the art topic. Yes. So we can wind down and relax a little bit from that heavy topic. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to talk about something I think most people have heard of. And that is pointillism. Oh gosh. Pointillism is like so cool. I, I love just, it. That's like one form of art that really impresses me. Like, yeah. No matter what. Yeah, pointillism, I've always thought was really cool too. And I actually thought about doing this because I actually was looking at stick and poke tattoos. Mm-hmm. And those are like, sometimes people will make a bunch of little dots to make the image because that's like how stick and pokes work. And. It was just making me think of pointillism. And so then I got to thinking of, do you remember learning about George Surratt in school? Yeah. I feel like he's yeah. the one where, like, when you zoom it, when you zoom out, it looks, like, just, like, a normal painting. Yes. But when you zoom in, you can see, like, each individual little dot. Yes. Right? That is him. He's, like, the he's the dad of pointillism. Yeah. Daddy pointillism. I feel like I can picture one of his paintings as, like, people outside. Yep. Or something. Yeah, yep. yeah. Okay. That's actually the one I'm talking like, about cool today. and stuff. Okay. Oh, yeah. So you're right on ball with that. Right on ball is that... A saying? I don't know, like on ball, like uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. On, like I'm gonna make it a saying. Okay, we're on ball. <laughs> we're on ball with that. So yeah, so I'm gonna talk a little bit about pointillism, and the painting that you were actually talking about. It's a huge, gigantic piece, and it's called "A Sunday Afternoon on the Island of La Grande Jatte." I hope I'm saying that right. I sound. Good. I say that every single episode. <laughs> I hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> I don't know. It sounded good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was trying to sound French, you know. Le Grande Jatte. Because, yeah, it's French. Um, and it's a gigantic painting. Yeah, that's exactly the painting I was thinking. Yeah. The fancy hats and stuff. It's super big. It's um, seven feet tall and ten feet long. Holy cow. No. Most people have seen this, so if this sounds unfamiliar, do a quick Google search and you'll be like, yep, I've seen it. Because I'm pretty sure every art school curriculum talks about this at some point. Mm-hmm. Because it was a really revolutionary thing in painting, and that's what I'm going to kind of talk about today, like why it was so different and revolutionary. Um, so I'm going to be talking a little bit about art history and like art movements and stuff like that, which I find fascinating. Like art history... 
I would like look forward to go to that class as if I was going to a really good movie every week when I was yeah. in college. So I hope you guys find this interesting. Um, but yeah, so to put a visual in your head, basically this painting's like a scene and it's a bunch of people wearing late 1800s attire because that's when this painting was made. And they're relaxing in this really beautiful, serene, shady, grassy park. And the park is in La Grande Jatte in Paris. And it's on a sunny um, Sunday afternoon, hence the name. So the painting is actually made up of thousands upon thousands of tiny dots of solid color. And they work together to create this seamless, beautiful image when you look at it from far away. And so I'll talk a little bit more about uh, George Surratt, the artist of that painting, in a bit. Um, but for now, I'm going to talk about the idea of pointillism. So pointillism was birthed in the Neo-Impressionism era of art history. And this happened in the late 1800s. That's when Neo-Impressionism became a thing. And Neo-Impressionism was a reaction against Impressionism. And... To get into what pointillism is, you have to understand what neo-impressionism is, and to understand that, you have to understand what impressionism is. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. And impressionism began in the 1860s. And so this movement was also arguably one of the most transformative and important movements my when favorite, talking about painting. My personal favorite. I know, right? And that's why I was like, because I was telling Natalie, like, I'm really excited to talk about my topic this week because I do also love Impressionism. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I really love it. And I'll, I'll get into why. Um, so Impressionism, before Impressionism anyways, there is this drive to have this like really realistic quality. And a lot of paintings before Impressionism were realistic, historical, religious, or mythological subject matters. It was very classical. And painters were just really tired of the same styles and subject matters and just the rigidness of classical painting. And so instead, they just wanted to truly capture what they saw in front of them in a very fleeting, flickery, painterly style. And so the Impressionists' goal were to capture their impression of the world around them, hence the name. And so it was like quickly capturing the moment in the time before the moment was gone. And so it wasn't so much worrying about perfect proportions or detail-oriented work like the classical paintings before it, but it was just focused on like capturing the colors that were around them and capturing the light of the day, you know, before the light shifted and changed in the sky. And because of this, a lot of Impressionist works are outdoor scenes. And so this is where a really common saying in painting comes from called en plein air. And in French, that means in open air. And basically the Impressionists would use this word and it, it's basically simply put, it's saying painting outside. But in another way, it's like this whole artistic credo that the Impressionists would refer to that prioritized like just capturing their surroundings in a real landscape instead of just fictionalizing and idealizing a landscape somewhere in an art studio where you're disconnected right. from nature. So yeah, so the Impressionists were, they love nature. Um, and so some Impressionists that you might know are Edward Manet, Claude, Claude Monet, um, 
Edgar Degas and Pierre Auguste Renoir. So those are really big names from this period. And also I feel like sometimes people confuse Van Gogh as being Impressionist, but he was actually a post-Impressionist. And post-Impressionism began around 1885 and lasted until a little bit after 1905. And um, this was a reaction against Impressionism. And that's because Impressionism was focused on naturalistically depicting light. But when you look at post-Impressionist work, like Van Gogh's work, it wasn't about capturing the color in a realistic way. It was more about like pushing the limits. Exaggerating. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like Starry Night, you know, the sky did not look like that. You know, he put his own artistic interpretation on it. But it still was very heavily focused on luminosity. Like when you look at the stars in Starry Night, you can tell he used the yellow paint to make it look like they're glowing. So there still is a focus on like capturing light in a way. Um, But it's done with like, it's more paying mind to the artist's mind and seeing it through their emotions. You know, Mm -hmm. Van Gogh is a super emotional painter and used colors to kind of convey that. Um, but yeah, so now that you know a little bit more about Impressionism, let's talk about Neo-Impressionism, which gets us to Pointillism. So the Neo-Impressionists wanted to take the color and theme seen in Impressionism, which again, were all about using realistic colors and creating the perception of light. But the Neo-Impressionists wanted to stray away from the quickness and the fleetingness of the brushstrokes. And a lot of oops, a lot of impressionist works were really quickly made because again they wanted to capture the moment before it was gone and capture the light of the day before it changed. Um, and so because of this, a lot of impressionist works look really gestural. But neo impressionists put a really organized scientific spin on this idea, and they were really interested in creating works that were meant to study the optics of the human eye and the way humans are able to perceive color. So I think I'm just drawn to this topic because I love science and biology and I love art, obviously. So Mm -hmm. it kind of combines the two in a way. Um, But yeah, so they didn't worry so much about detail-oriented work again. So, like, when you look at this painting, for example, the a Sunday afternoon on the island of La Grande Jata, it's really not realistic in sense of, like, the people. I mean, you can't even see their faces, like, their hands. No, and their proportions are very, like, almost Tim Burton-y. Yeah, it's very off. But what is realistic is, like, when you look at um, the way the where the sun hits. <laughs> Natalie's that zooming little, in on the face right that now. That little girl is really creepy. <laughs> she is really creepy when you zoom in. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it's not realistic, which, again, was, like, different from what came before it with classical painting. But um, the thing about it is what is realistic is the colors. Like, when yeah. you look at the trees, like, he really perfectly captured the color, the shifts in the green of the trees. And same thing with like, so there's shady spots in the park where they kind of have a blue hue and then there's sunny spots that the sun touches that have a more golden yellow hue or like glow to it. And it's interesting because he used primary colors. So he used so many colors 
but it was just a not so many colors i'm sorry he used so little colors to create so many different yeah thank you but not by mixing them like by just placing them exactly strategically next to each other very strategically and again this painting's huge so this is something that took like forever and for example this really cool this woman's dress he used no orange paint it's Mm -hmm. just dots of red and dots of yellow exactly and that's why they talk about this in school a lot because i mean it's perfect for talking about color theory Mm -hmm. and color theory oh i can't talk color theory alone i'd love to dive into what sometime by itself me too so interesting to me color theory is really interesting um but george surratt was really interested in color theory too and he was actually so he was the leader of this new art movement and i made a little note in my notes like how cool would it be to be the leader of a new art movement that's like never been seen before that's i mean i can't even imagine what that would be now because we've seen everything it feels like i know it's kind of sad it is kind of sad like it's like what is the new what what new art movements are we ever gonna see now i'm sure at the time they thought that too though exactly that's what's crazy makes it kind of inspiring because it makes it think like you can strive to do something that hasn't been done before but like looking back at it like I just kind of like, you really didn't think of anything else. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I totally see what you mean. But like, yeah, now I feel like everything's been done, but then maybe in like 100 years or something, someone will be like, oh. Yeah. That's weird that they thought that was it. Well, they could just keep inventing new art mediums too. I mean, who knows? Like, I'm sure it will forever change. That's the thing. Like, everybody thinks that everything is, like, as far as it will get, you know, at their point in time. Because it's hard to imagine. I feel like, too, though, like, art movements don't really have as much impact impact these days. Because, like, I mean, we could go, I don't know, we could do whatever we want. But, like, no one's going to care. Like, they care about this. You know what I mean? Yeah. For sure. I don't know. Like the, the only art trends that have an impact are like things that you see on Pinterest. Like farmhouse becomes popular, and so everybody designs their house to look like a farmhouse with yeah. live, laugh, love signs. That's like today's modern art. That's like all the rave. <laughs> oh. Like, like I know. Like I'm just thinking of like Art Deco. You know what I mean? When interiors of homes were like meant to be more artistic and like yeah and it was brand like, new mid-century modern stuff came out and like yeah ugh, i don't know and just um oh my god i'm blanking on the name memphis design group oh yeah from like the 80s yeah just yeah so much like interior and that was new you know but it's like yeah, it just really feels like we've seen everything at this point i know it feels like no matter what like i would never make no one would ever make an impact because like people don't follow like painters i mean sure we do like we follow them on instagram or Mm -hmm. whatever but it's not the same you know what i mean yeah and if somebody starts doing like a new technique for their artwork like let's say they make a whole face make out of like tiny squiggly lines and it's a new technique it doesn't set off to become a big trend that a bunch of other artists replicate. It's like, oh, that's just that one artist's idea. Yeah. Like, it doesn't spur a movement, like, 
with George Surratt. Like, yeah. he made this pointillism work, and it spurred a whole shift in, like, painting history, you that know? It's so weird. It's so weird how, like, people can't even scratch the surface of this level anymore. Uh, yeah. It's so crazy and interesting to me, though. That's why I love art history. Like, just seeing people figure things out. It's just interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, this painting's talked about a lot in school because it's just, it's made of a bunch of tiny dots. And, you know, sometimes kids will try to replicate, like, a pointillism piece by using Q-tips and doing little dots. I think we did that in oh, elementary totally. school. I, I definitely remember doing something like that. I kind of want to do some, revisit that at, mm-hmm. in my mid-20s. Like, I want to do that little pointillism art project that I did in elementary school again. <laughs> But, um, so he, George Surratt actually painted this when he was 25. Oh my gosh, that's how old I am now, and I've done nothing with my I know, right? <laughs> but they didn't live as long back then, I don't think, because this was, like, the late 1800s. True, you know, true. mid-1880s. There's still time for me. Yeah, we, we still got time. <laughs> um, but while he was doing this, he was also studying optics theory, and he, his idea was that humans would perceive the color as being bolder and brighter by painting in dots rather than using brush strokes like the Impressionists did. And so according to George Surratt, he spent countless hours in the park, in this particular park, creating sketches of people lounging in the park and just getting like the fundamental figures down before he started painting the big piece. And the idea was that only using a few pure colors, the optics of your eye combine the colors together, do the work for you to create lines and shadows. Because that's another thing. There's no lines, line work in this piece, but there's clearly defined forms and they look round, you know, with the shading. Right. So, yeah. So George Strauss' idea and scientific approach just like really revolutionized painting and the technique was given the name pointillism, but if you asked Surat, he always called it chroma luminarism, which I think sounds way cooler. Mm-hmm, but I understand why that didn't catch on. Yeah, pointillism no makes more sense, because it's points, you know? <laughs> yeah, but chroma is like how the eye perceives color. Yeah, right? exactly. And like he was all about the luminescence of things, because he thought that using this technique would create this luminous effect that he was going after so, so do you think that do you think that your eye perceives colors as brighter when they're points instead of brush strokes i don't know I, I don't know if i believe that i don't know if i, I necessarily <laughs> agree with that either. i think it's cool that he like tried that but like looking at his work it is really cool and it's like obviously a famous painting because it changed you know art history right. but at the same time no i don't think it necessarily makes the colors more vibrant I think it's cool that you can use primary colors and make so many different colors. Yeah. You know, it kind of drives the point home, like, oh, these are the primary colors. Like, you only need three. Right. But I don't know. I don't think it necessarily makes it more luminous. It The colors are really accurate, though. It's a monkey right Oh, here. yeah. So I learned about this, actually, in art history. I forgot about the monkey. During this time in Paris, it was actually popular to own, like, for the very affluent rich people, she to looks, own small monkeys. Yeah, she looks like she is a very... These yeah. people all look actually kind of rich. Like, they all... Except for this guy. Yeah, they... So, these <laughs> are actually... This is supposed to be, like, the rich side. And if I remember right, the other side, there's another, like, companion piece to this work. 
And on the other side is where the more blue-collar workers would hang out. Oh, really? Yeah, so you see people in more, like, laid-back attire. And this is, like... Oops. And this is, like, the fancy side of the park. But, yeah, it's interesting. They had monkeys as pets, which we all know is a horrible idea. So, <laughs> it just mm, finds its way to I, rear its ugly head into every story. This monkey looks like a ghost monkey, too. Yeah. Like kind of like you'd almost miss looking. it if you didn't pay attention to it. Weird. But it's, it's like definitely a monkey on a leash. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's so weird. Like, really cool, though. But yeah, but basically, I'll just wrap it up here. I, so, I talked about a few art movements today. And I like I love talking about art movements and art history, so I'll probably continue doing topics like this if mm-hmm. you guys find this interesting but i out of the ones i talked about today i'm really drawn to impressionism and oh, yeah. i feel like the reason why here's why i like impressionism one it's because i really love the idea of trying to capture a moment in time and as the viewer you get the essence of the surroundings in a somewhat accurate way without all the heavy detail and like don't get me wrong i love heavy detail like my personal Artworks, I try to put in as much detail as I can a lot of times, um, for some of them anyways. But with Impressionism, I just like the fleetiness and the gestural look of it. I and agree. And I get this, like, it almost looks like you're looking at back at a memory when you're looking at an Impressionist work with, like, the really messy brush strokes. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally agree. It's cool. And I try to, like, put myself in the artist's shoes and, like, picture what they were looking at at that time because they you know they just wanted to capture what they saw in front of them as fast as they could yeah i'd love to like do an exercise where like we go out to like the park or something Mm -hmm. and then just like set a timer and then we have like five minutes to do oh i would love that that'd be cool we used to do that in art class and i loved drawing outside yeah we did that in art or in drawing class. Oh yeah, for, where in we had college to like, or yeah, yeah, we had to set a timer and just yeah. do like two minutes per like model or whatever. Oh, with like the human models and yeah. stuff like that. Oh yeah, I remember doing that too, and I love like that gestural stuff too. Yeah, but I've never done it with painting. It'd be fun to do with painting. I love impressionist work, but I've never tried making something that looks like that. Yeah, and it'd be really fun. It'd be really fun for I think sure. So. And now I live by, like, a bunch of parks now, like... Even your little area outside here is kind of cool. Yeah, it's nice, like, I like that my apartment windows face, like, this back wooded area instead of, like, other buildings, because I could totally, like, wake up one morning and sit on my um, balcony and just, like, paint, which would be really nice to start the day, Mm -hmm. so... That's the dream. Yeah, we'll have to try that sometime, maybe, this summer. But I hope you guys liked this art topic let me know if, what you think and or if you remember learning about this in art school mm-hmm. and if you remember this painting it's I'm a sure, cool painting yeah it's really cool it's it's pretty memorable mm-hmm. but yeah yeah i actually have one more thing i want to talk about oh okay um we did get an email oh yes from a friend of mine this is not the email that you're thinking of. Oh. <laughs> um, we got an email from a friend of mine. Okay. And I thought it was funny, so I'm going to read it. Oh, okay. I haven't heard this, actually, then. <laughs> oh, wait. I'm excited now. Okay, ready? Uh-huh. It says, it's from my friend Garlic. And he says, Maddie and Natalie, salutations. I believe if we go all the way back, I may or may not be one of those people from episode one that Natalie mentioned that she hadn't talked to in years, but 
was reaching out, stoked about the podcast. After that, I disappeared. It was football season. I had my own thing going on. Excuses, excuses. However, I recently got back on the horse and binged on through. Maddie, I doubt we have met, but though the first, but through the first 20 episodes, you seemed pretty cool. <laughs> I was learning about boxy art, child killers, bullet journaling, and plenty of Dutch people, surprisingly. You and Natalie were killing it. But then, episode 21 happens, the Nick Cage episode. You go out of your way to insult one of my favorite TV shows <laughs> right now, The Masked Singer. Unbelievable. <laughs> unforgivable. I will never, I will forever unapologetically love that show. One question, how dare you? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I just want to make a quick comment. I made fun of The Masked Singer, but guess what? Me and Jack, that's in our, like, normal routine, roto of shows now. Like, we'll actually watch it. So, it's grown on me. But, sorry, continue. (laughs) Okay, then he goes on to say, Then, episode 22, you ruined my life with our boy Travis, scarred for life. (laughs) Personally, I am not someone who's particularly into dark or art, but I think you two have a great thing going. I have multiple questions I could ask. I could ask to maybe be covered someday. So if you ever lack content, just let me know. However, to keep things simple, I'll start with one-ish. In episode 20, you guys talked about the art of serial killers, clowns, basically. And that made me curious. What are your thoughts on separating art from the artist? Should we take art as a separate thing? Should we always keep the artist in mind? Does it depend? If so, on what? I don't know much about illustrators or painters. But I was hit hard by this with Bill Cosby and Kevin Spacey scandals. The Cosby Show, House of Cards are all all-timers for me. I'd be interested to see what you'd have to say. That's a really interesting question. Yeah. So you're talking about like, can you appreciate the art even if the artist is right. a bad person? Like, can I like should we separate, for example, like Hitler? was a pretty mm-hmm. talented artist. Yeah. And I think it's safe to say that. You know what I mean? He was but, like, all right. shut up he was good but like is it is that something that always should i think it is something that should wreck it yeah i think it i think it should in a way i mean it's kind of like the r kelly thing i don't know why that's the first thing that came to my mind probably because i like r&b music and i do like i mean honestly without lying i like some of r kelly's songs but i don't listen to r kelly anymore because I learned how bad of a person he is, and I just can't, in good conscience, listen to it now because that's just what I think of. Right. But I don't know. Okay, I mean, no offense, but you're know. calling this pretty good. No, it's. I mean, it's better than what I could do. Yeah, I'm For sorry, sure. but it's but like I said, good. like the thing is that like it should absolutely ruin it because you know what their headspace is at. Yeah, I think personally, like I, I don't think. I mean. Yes, it's so rough. Though. Yes, you can appreciate like obviously this is artistic talent. You can appreciate the positive feelings maybe their work <laughs> gives you. Because the caption of this says "piece of shit painting by Adolf Hitler." <laughs> A lot so of people don't like his artwork because, well, because it's Hitler probably. Well, and, <laughs> and that's like, yeah, I mean that's valid. But yeah, of course. That's a really interesting question, though, because, like, you know, when I think of Bill Cosby, he made picture pages. If any, like, 90s kids remember that show, (laughs) let me know. But 
It was a show that I watched a lot in my childhood, and it brings me really fond memories when I think of it or hear the theme song. But that was Bill Cosby's show, and so it kind of ruins it for me. Totally. I think you can appreciate, like, the positive feelings maybe their work gives you, but also, like... I don't know if it can. I don't don't know if it can. I don't know. But but that's a really uh, hard question. It is really hard, because... Then again, I'm thinking, like, American Beauty is, like, a really good movie. Right. (laughs) Right. I mean, yeah, that's really tough. Yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? But I also do think that people, I mean, people are very complex creatures. They can have, like, good, they can be a horrible person, but also have a light in them in some way. You know, like, a good side to them, like... I don't know. Does that make any sense? Like, I don't know. Where there may be a childlike part of them where their artistic part flourishes and then the rest of them is shitty and, like, yeah. bad. First of know. all, people also, are complex. I want to say, like, all the serial killer artists that we talked about that one episode, mm-hmm. they were all bad. That's a good point. Their work was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a good point? I don't know. The face I just made, I just literally <laughs> stuck my nose up in the air. <laughs> it was so bad. It was so ugly work. But, like... <laughs> it was pretty bad artwork. Yeah, but they, like, they kill people. How can you like their stuff? Oh, God, I'd never put one of the, their works up in my house. No way. But, yeah, I mean, that's a hard question. It's a good question, Gar, but I don't know. You know I was just about to say, maybe we could do an episode sometime where listeners ask us questions, but I don't, I know, don't. How, I don't know how good that would go because I'm a very indecisive person. I yeah, can't give a I feel like the answer. whole time it would be like, mm, I know, no, maybe. For real, but every question. We tried to answer, but... I love that you wrote in, though. Yeah. And also, good. I have to say, the Travis story messed up a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I've had quite a few people make a comment about that (laughs) yeah it messed me up for sure i kind of want to listen to the episode again yeah you know what i was just thinking of so we make these episodes one day i'm going to have kids and they're gonna listen to this maybe like oh here's like my mom you know when she (laughs) had a podcast like man is that weird to think about yeah i wonder if podcasts will even be relevant if my mom had a podcast when she was like younger and I would totally listen to that. That'd be mm-hmm. so cool to listen to. Yeah, my dad's actually thinking about starting a podcast. Oh my god, that's so cool. Why not? He listens to ours, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, hi, I hope he's dad. Yeah, hi, dad. I hope he does it because it sounds really cool. Because back in like the 90s or whatever, he worked at this radio station called Radio Oz. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. know if anybody remembers that. It was a children's, kind of like Radio Disney. Mm-hmm. But before radio disney and oh my so gosh radio disney kind of like i forgot about radio disney that used to be all the that. jam yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah but then um he wants to do like a reunion podcast with some of the people from that oh, cool. and it'd be like a children's podcast which is so cool because i don't think there are any of those. no that there's definitely like an empty spot in the market for that mm-hmm. like, that could be like a niche something audience. you can like put on for your kids yeah totally people love that because sometimes parents don't always want their kids watching tv all yeah. the time maybe they just want them to listen to an informative thing while they draw or do something yeah. active i don't know and 
to people who think about starting a podcast, just do it because even if a lot of people don't listen to it, one, it's good to have, it's healthy to have a creative outlet. Yeah. It really is. And I'm sure, why not? Even though we're bad at having a routine. Yeah. It does make us like, you know, get together because life does get busy the older you get Mm -hmm. and it keeps us accountable for getting together you know, once a week or at, at a minimum once every two weeks. Right. And it's nice. Or once every four weeks. Yeah, like this time. <laughs> <laughs> but life gets busy. And I can't tell you how much random... I have just a plethora of random knowledge now. Like I was Dude, talking I know. to someone recently and I'm like, a grown chimpanzee has a strength of five adult grown men and weighs about 300 pounds. <laughs> and it's like, I just know these things now. <laughs> I know, I like... Yeah, Joe and I were talking about Harambe once, and I was like, you know, like, if a chimpanzee can, like, rip a woman's arms off because he has the strength of five grown men, <laughs> imagine what a giant, what was a gorilla? gorilla yeah. Oh, my God. Sorry, yeah, I couldn't think that- of the word gorilla for a second. Girls are way scarier. <laughs> I'm going to look into some gorilla stories next, see what I can find. Yeah, there's some, like, I, I know there's, like, a woman or something who had, like, a tiger Oh, are you talking about Tiger King? No, on Netflix. Oh. No, I've never seen that. But <laughs> oh, I've really? Heard, I've heard of it, it. But um, why was it? Did someone get mauled? No, but people think that she like fed her ex-husband to her tiger and got away with it. Allegedly, seriously. I'll say. Oh, that'd be interesting to look into. But it's not like there's no basis to that, right? Yeah, yeah it's just kind of something that people are like, oh my yeah, gosh, she like, I don't know. I mean, there's kind there's maybe, some evidence. Maybe I just need to watch it. You should definitely watch it. That's like a big pop culture thing. I'm surprised you haven't seen it. I know. It's just one of those things that everybody talked about for a while, and then I was just like, the more people talk about it, I'm not going to watch it. Exactly. I totally get like that, too. It's like Hamilton. Like, the, have you seen that? No, I've never, I I actually haven't. Hamilton, like the really old play? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a huge thing right now. You know, my sister Sophie actually really likes Hamilton. I don't get it. I'm like, Okay, I'm like, I'm not going to watch that because I don't want to become one of these people who, like, tell people to watch <laughs> Hamilton. Yeah. No I'm like that with Marvel movies. <sighs> I refuse to get into Marvel Universe. I'm sorry. I've seen a few of them, and they're, yeah, I don't know. It's just is not my jam. My f- favorite too many. is the Batman with the old one where Arnold Schwarzenegger plays Mr. Freeze. And he's like, what killed the dinosaurs? It's not even the Tim Burton one. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, I just love the puns in that one, though. And that one has Poison Ivy, and Poison Ivy's so hot, and I just love her in that movie. Yeah, she, isn't that Um Uma Thurman? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, Uma Thurman. For some reason, (laughs) I used to think she was, like, not attractive, but now I'm, like, She used to have, like, a classic beauty look to her. Like, I don't know. She's a pretty lady. She's a 10 out of 10. (laughs) Do you want to dance like <laughs> Now we got to pay for the rights for that. Oh, God. Because I, I sang it so beautifully. People might think the song is playing it in the was background. actually playing. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Oh, uh, shall, shall we Probably wrap here? it up. But, yeah, thanks for writing in, Car. I love you five ever. Yeah, and, dude, write in anything you want. Artafterdarkpod at gmail.com. We'll be is that ecstatic. what it is? Yes, I'm positive. Artafterpod. Not podcast. Pod. Okay, you're right, you're right. And, yeah, write in anything, even if it's just saying hi. We like it. We like feeling like people like us. It makes me giddy (laughs) and happy. 
All right. Well, have a great two weeks, and we will see you next time. We'll go see you. See you next time. Bye. Bye.